0: Sold at five hundred and sixty. Seven eight five. The first. Seven eight five. The second. Be sure. Seven eight five. Third. And final time. Sold. Yeah. The third and final time at nine hundred and ten thousand pounds. Sold. Great. So welcome to this edition of the Allsop Prop Chats. My name is George Walker, partner auctioneer at Allsort. It's Been there far too long. In the commercial auction team, we sell income-producing assets of a commercial nature. I'm joined today by my partner, Richard Adamson, from the residential team.
1: Thanks, George. So, yeah, Richard Adamson. I'm a partner and also an auctioneer, but on the residential side of the business, I've been here over 22 years, so man and boy. In the resi sector, it's called residential, but we sell all sorts of weird and wonderful things, so flats, houses, airspace, mixed ground use. rents, mixed, yeah, <laughs> a <bit of> mixed <laughs> use, a bit of commercial, land, bunk, you know, nuclear bunkers, all sorts. So, yes, weird and wonderful things in the residential sector.
0: And really, we're here today because we do a a very substantial part of the auction market every year, £870 in the last 12 months of sales to chat about today. The market isn't easy, and probably the big change, Richard, was from six months ago, the woman trusts and all her economics.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's creeping towards 12 months ago, isn't it? It's nine nine months in or something. So, yeah, September last year, which your stats are, are from effectively, it has been incredibly challenging for all the obvious reasons, such as sentiment, confidence in the market, but more importantly, the cost of borrowing. Yeah. And
0: we found on the commercial side in that autumn, 22, um, we kept hearing our, our colleagues in the more grown-up markets, the corporate market. So my market, our market is up to £5 million, and riches is the same. So smaller lot size, high net worth individuals. We found the corporate market sunk very quickly by 25 30% in about six weeks. That was due to rates going up. The private investor really who've got a lot of cash. They hung on a bit longer paying these strong prices because they thought actually they're getting a bargain. In this situation, the private investor was probably proved wrong because six months later, those rents were still high, the rates were still high, inflation didn't go away. And so actually, you know, the the general market that we work in has now softened. It's become quite tough.
1: Yeah, I think our markets are very similar, albeit at times they're very different, but it's it's sentiment-based and and general confidence-based. And we certainly noticed... The initial impact of that budget and the consequence of interest rate raises, uh, rises over the, over a period of time was that you were becoming more reliant on cash buyers and you become more reliant on people that perhaps were p- paying predominantly with cash and de- dealing with debt later on. And that has obvious effects, you know, in terms of pricing. People being certainly in residential and in the south in London is the attention to a yield. And people for the past decade or longer have accepted pretty poor yields in London because they're going to get capital growth, or so they'd think. You take that away, which is the position we're in now, and the cost of borrowing is so much higher, yield is becoming even more important than residential than it ever has done before.
0: And, I was, and I, I'm looking over the fence to the commercial market, but headlines saying a tenants having to pay more rent because the the landlord's interest rate's gone up. You know, As a free marketeer, that's a bit of nonsense because it's what the market will pay. But actually the market will pay these higher rents. So it is a, it is part and parcel of the same function in your market, isn't it?
1: It, it is, you're right. And, and there's been a lot of publicity about that, how rents, you know, how sustainable are increasing rents in the residential sector, particularly at a time where people are being squeezed on their bills and what, what have you and the cost of living. And it's only sustainable until it's not. And I'm not suggesting we're there yet, but if people can't afford those those payments, it has an impact on those buy-to-let landlords. And we're seeing more of the buy-to-let landlord stuff coming to auction now than the, the mortgagee stuff, private owner-occupied stuff. And there's probably less tolerance with some of the banks there in comparison to private mortgages. Yep, a big
0: grown-up lenders and they're going to have their way. Interesting, in our market, we'd had a, uh, the, the retail sector had a bit of a fillip this year, had a bit of a bonus because the rates revaluation... Brought some uh, high street rents down by th- high street costs of occupation down by thirty forty percent because the rates bill halved. So the tenant was perhaps paying seventy five grand a year, perhaps fifty grand of rent and twenty five rates. That rates bill has gone down, and that's really helped them. You know, that's why that particular retail sector was still running at seven percent average till till the spring this year. Obviously, part of that's different. So Richard, we've done this a few years. Eight hundred seventy million pounds of property takes a bit of selling. What do you think is the key? If someone rings us says I got shop in Watford, I got some flats in Surbiton, how do we how do we make sure that those assets come to auction and sell successfully
1: in what is a very tricky market? What do you think are the key points? There's lots of points there to cover. I think the first one really is 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 the knowledge that we we have based on fact. And in a market that's rising or going one way, it's, it's much easier for agents and for people to predict where pricing might be and give advice based on that. When it becomes a bit turbulent and, and less predictable, we're in a fortunate position as a firm between us having 16 auctions a year. Every four weeks or so, there's an auction. So we've got hard data, in fact, on pricing on all sectors. So when someone phones you up and you can say, look, you know, last week we sold this, we priced it at this. This was the level of interest, number of bidders, guide reserve this, and that was why yours is very similar. You're coming from a position of knowledge rather than sentiment. I think that's a really powerful in difficult market. Now whether. Sellers accept that and want to sell at those levels is another matter.
0: Yeah, it's a challenge because we've all, you know, got a lot of experience, and we used to have a gut reaction. You walk down the street and say, "Well, it's worth X," but actually, now more and more, you have to look at the data, and the data is key. You know, what did we sell in in the southeast or five miles of Surbiton in in the last five months that is similar, Uh, and that gives you that data, and then you add your knowledge into it, your your experience. Absolutely
1: right, and that you know that goes hand in hand with the next point is that. The data, it sounds dull, but data, if, you, if used correctly, makes you a much better agent. So you're right. We can give the pricing advice based on facts and sales that we've done recently. But then when you come to sell an asset, you've got all those buyers. And let's not forget, as much as the buyer is important to us at that moment in time secondary to that afterwards are those buyers that didn't buy that asset and have got yeah, money to spend there it's a good old underbidder yeah absolutely right <laughs> and, then, and you've got you know all these buyers that you want to go to after the event so that's the two main important things is to have the knowledge and expertise that we have uh, and deal with facts not sentiment but then being able to target people we know have got money right here right now to buy assets like that yeah. and, and i
0: think that some of our more experienced sellers that, that, i'm hearing it so often it can't be worth that it must be worth more i'm afraid sometimes you have to say well It does look a bit cheap, but that's what you have to do to get it sold. And and interesting, the last auction, we've got various different sellers. One is as a private family office. They've only used auction for the first time recently, put six lots forward, and my partner, Mark, worked very hard to make sure the pricing was right. Sure enough, five out of the six lots sold in what was one of our weakest weakest auctions for a long time. And I'm I'm not here to dwell on that, but, you know, bar numbers were down 25%. But five out of six lots of a portfolio selling, it was three and a half million pounds, and meaningful lots. That is what the combination of data and sound uh, knowledge gives its proper advice and it seems to work
1: and I think it's important probably to stress what we mean by I suppose the data part of things is that the auctions have changed an awful lot in a short space of time say the last five years whereby buyers are obliged and we are obliged to register buyers so we know who they are bidders and ten years ago that wasn't the case we'd have a rough idea on interest and you turn up at an auction room and you kind of see what happens Whereas here we go into it with our eyes wide open, as does the seller, as to how many people are registered and what they're doing. And why that is important is you can then go back to those people and offer them similar properties afterwards. Whereas five years ago, you wouldn't be capturing that data in the first instance because you didn't have to.
0: Yeah, they're paid up. It's not like membership of a golf club. They are paid up against the asset and they're the underbidder. So you know they've got money. They've got a million quid to spend and 1,870 assets. There's 1,870 underbidders, and that's a really valuable resource. I like the word that we put lot not fiction, which is really good. In both our markets, the commercial, the income-producing, high-street asset or the industrial or warehouse, you know, preparation is key here, isn't it? And they're looking at the last auction again. That's the most recent experience, uh, only 10 days ago, where the client took advice – and they had good information it was ready on point of release those were the clients that, that succeeded and, and got their assets sold i mean it must be the same with you in it, it the is market.
1: And, and that was you know something that as a firm we've always been very keen on is that the more information and more clarity you can provide buyers whether it's good or bad helps them make those decisions in a quick time frame which is essential at auction so providing details and comprehensive details and making sure you've got solicitors that are providing really detailed legal packs are essential in any market, but even more so now when your buyer pools, as you rightly say, have thinned because of where the market is. You've got to provide that information for people that they can rely on.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely key, Uh, and preparation is key, anyone will tell you preparation is key, and we are, just to review the auction process, we go live on a Friday typically, and less than three weeks later we're expecting people to exchange, and we've adapted our systems, we've got a very strong website, which means that the, um, the seller can upload all the information on point of release, and we've done that because the buyers expect it. They start work on the Friday at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock um, if they're allowed to work on a Friday, uh, and they want to get going. We have offers of the following Monday on, on some of the lots. Obviously, it varies market to market. Um, so that process, Richard, is, 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 is rigid. It's 14, 15 auctions a year. It's two and a half weeks long. We tend to sell about 25% of lots before, 25% after, 50 on the day. Does that, with you, is it a similar thing? Um
1: i I'd say it's a bit different to that in terms of the raw numbers but that can often depend on where you are in the property cycle you know if the market's really flying and booming you will we typically find there are more properties sold prior to auction if you like but I would say we probably sell 10% of the catalogue prior another 10% afterwards and the majority goes in the middle if you like um, that can vary from auction to auction but um, but it does also change depending on where you're in the cycle. And I
0: think I've always thought that if you've got an income stream in a certain town with us, you can understand the marketing a little bit closer. So it's, there are differences in the two sectors. Uh, and there's random lots that you get. You're only going to leave it in the auction, aren't you, and just let it fly.
1: Yeah, you are. And, you know, and also there are some some vendors that, no matter what, won't sell prime, And I think it's probably more... Something you see more in the residential sector if are dealing with housing associations, councils, where they just want to be public and best price. And yeah, what so you, it would, it, our be client clear. would have, a,
0: have a, be a fund and they've got a valuation. Uh, if we think that there's no more comp- competition in the market, they'll, they'll typically accept our advice. Sometimes they won't, which is their privilege, but it tends to work. So getting lots into the auctions about preparation, get the information right, Telling the truth, presenting as much as you've got, not hiding anything. Um, how to find the buyers. I mean, I, what I can do is run through the process. It's a fully digitized process. Rich has mentioned, obviously, we log our underbidders. But our, our database is something like 60,000. I think we've got six, 50, 60. You've got about 70,000. 85,
1: actually, now. Really?
0: Yeah. Well, that's a lot of buyers. So these are buyers who registered with us. We've got all their details. And, of course, if you're putting out something like 2,000 lots a year, you're drawing in new buyers specifically on those lots and the other thing that we do we spend sort of 15 to twenty thousand pounds on auction on the digital marketing the sort of thing you don't see uh, unless of course you're you know looking in the audi showroom online or you're looking at chardonnay because next day you get a whole lot of emails from majestic on chardonnay well we use that technology um, and i say it's quite expensive but it replaces the hard copy adverts that you've seen because it's a lot more effective and interestingly in that three-week process of an auction without going into too much detail we enter into an auction ourselves to buy those spaces so if we have a a, a lot of shops in bromley we had recently we can buy retail investment in bromley we can buy it in an auction and we we market on the basis but it's quite a big budget so that keeps topping up the databases we have between us uh, and keeps those buyers live it keeps it refreshed Every what fourteen times a year, it's really, really important. Uh, it's a sort of thing you don't see much anymore as a buyer um, or, or, or as a seller, but it's Im- really important, and that gives us the really the biggest live pool of buyers in the market, as far as we're
1: concerned. It's a similar scenario f- for us, um, albeit I suppose our sector is a lot more varied in terms of lot size, location, and property type. You know, a large portion of your property, if not all of it, is income-producing investments. Yeah. Um, Whereas ours is, you know, vacant, it's ground rents, it's regulated tenancies, it's short tenancies, it's developments, it's roof space, it's former churches, it's former nuclear bunkers, you name it, it's all sorts of things. So it is really varied, which does make it a lot more interesting and exciting, but targeting buyers becomes a little bit more challenging. How many nuclear bunkers have you sold in the last 12 months? Oh, no, you put them on the spot. <laughs> Not the last 12 months, but certainly in a the career there's been a handful. But there's all sorts of things in there. But in terms of targeting buyers in the traditional resi sector, so your houses, your flats, your development sites... Yeah, the first portal call is 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 the database of buyers that we have. So eighty-five thousand people that are active, if you like. But you have to go further than that. So typically use all the portals as well, which you don't get in the commercial sector. They're really important. And and why that's important is I mean, you touched on it there, George, but but we deal with a lot of new buyers on a regular basis because we also deal with end users, owner occupiers. So it's key that we get into that sector. People who are looking in very, very small areas for their home. But we're also dealing with the professional sector as well. So that's the beauty of what we're trying to do is you want to get the professional sector competing against end users. And then you've got a result. Indeed. We've been doing digital
0: auctions now for three years. It looks like we put everything on the website and disappear for three weeks. I, I really believe that we put more man-hours into um, every lot and every every sale we get than we ever have done because we're constantly analysing data and constantly on top of it, chasing underbidders, chasing people who might be interested because of the registration process. I mean, you're dealing with... You know, Probably one off buyers in your market, and that must take a lot of time and a big support team.
1: It does, it absolutely does. There's a lot of hand holding that goes on there, and that's every single auction you will have new buyers to the market, and they may return again, you never know, but they may not. So, there is an awful, I've got a very big team of people that are there from day dot of, of marketing to pick up the phones. And, you know, when it, in COVID, for example, you know, we were fielding anywhere between 800 and 1,000 calls a day. From the release of the catalogue. Now, don't get me wrong; the buy have died down since those those days. But yes, you have to deal with the general public, hold their hand, explain the process, reassure them, point them in the right direction for their you know complete their due diligence, viewings, all that kind of stuff. And, and we sell to a lot of new people, which is which is crucial to our business. It keeps the
0: market going, doesn't yeah. it? That's what makes the market, isn't it? New entrants all the time. Before we finish, I mean, what I want to cover now is just a couple of examples, and then we'll we'll stick an necks on the lock and look ahead. Which is what's going to be interesting here. I mean, there's some of examples, as I said, we have seven auctions, commercial auctions a year, um, and you know, the last auction, which was a July auction, was quite thin. Bar numbers are twenty five percent down, but it's great to see uh, a couple of good old fashioned high street shops where lots of competition. Uh, I think one of them we had an Iceland in Haywards Heath, a very short lease. So in our market, a longer lease is more valuable theoretically but we managed to unearth a talent so iceland were bidding against the private market and they didn't get it so that shows you our private market paying better than seven percent from iceland in the southeast is, is pretty good um i think we touched on getting under bidders and, and our last auction which is a may auction we had a really nice lot for a fund in cheltenham it was a mint velvet shop again, back on the high street, and the the local buyers thought, well, this is a it's a it's a ladies' fashion brand. It's Cheltenham on the prom. It's where you want to be. The surveyor in us and our clients said, well, we'll stood away from it a bit in terms of value because it was a turnover rent. So we had a base rent and turnover rent, and that's quite hard to put a figure on the market of you know, the world of surveying is not 100% familiar with that. And we all backed off um, instantly. And the guide price was really got people going. We had three people bidding on that lot, all within 20 miles of the lot. And it went for something like 20% more than we thought it would. It was quarter percent by the time it finished on a turnover rent in Cheltenham, one and a quarter million pounds. I say that example, because this time we had another lot in Cheltenham. It, it just Proves the point, Richard, that this, that lot was one of the quarter million. This was another building in Cheltenham, uh, opposite John Lewis. It was a Costa, uh, short in a Costa with lots of residential upstairs. Uh, and the same, the, one of these underbidders put £2 million on the table last week, and he now owns a Costa, having tried to buy the mint and velvet. So it's an example in the last two auctions where the, the underbidders, the local buyers were drawn out, and, you know, pretty good prices, uh, and also teaching us the to thing too about the market. When the private buyers want something, they pay what we think is perhaps over the odds, But they're very happy with it. Who's buying in your market? It's always been a a, a real good mixture of privates. It's it's private. We we used to to categorise into propcos and private propcos. They're all typically corporate entities, so company entities with a very short decision making. Flash to bang is their their decision to hold, to hold, to hold. yeah. Yeah, they're buying to hold. So. In your context, end users, they're buying to generate an income stream, possibly add some value. Uh, and that is the, the nature of the buyer. And about 14%, I think, live within the uh, same county as a building, the rest are just looking deal
1: driven all over the country. And, and and of those buyers, how much how reliant are your buyers in the main on debt and they raise debt after the event rather than prior to the event?
0: Yeah, ours is very much a cash-driven market because in two and a half weeks you can't raise debt typically, although people do. And this is the reason that the, 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 the yields and the price has gone away. They're buying in cash, they're comparing the returns and building to a Cash return, uh, and they will finance part of the portfolio. I think probably the typical portfolio is twenty five percent finance, but it gives the ability for the, the buyer to price, which is our average yields. You know, we would typically put a headline out with so many lots under five percent. That was six months ago. We're now saying so many lots under seven percent because the rates have moved out significantly in that time, and therefore the returns have
1: to move out to get people to buy it. That's interesting. We noticed similar, I suppose. Obvious buyer behaviours in terms of, you know, as interest rates have crept up, those looking for income. There's more of a drive for income. And that's why it's been quite interesting. It's because inflation's been so high, there are those that are cash-rich that take the view that they're losing money hand over fist because of inflation. And then they look at buying an asset to to mitigate that, if you like. And there was a lot of talk, I suppose, six months ago, people said actually, well, if I'm going to be losing 10% based on inflation. I can't find an investment for 10% or more, but I'll take six, 7% because it's less of a loss. Do you know what I mean? yeah. um, And we've, we've witnessed that as well, which is, you know, whilst the buyer pools, so for us, we didn't talk, touch on this before, for us, our buyer pools have probably come down by 30% since 12 months ago. And that's, in my view, down to the fact that you've got less people there that were raising finance because it's harder, it's more expensive, and the market needs to shift to, shift to accommodate that. So, you know, we've really noticed. Uh, the, the reliance on cash and those that are getting debt are not prepared to pay the prices that were out there six months ago
0: now are you seeing what we're seeing in terms of the sort of family office buyer we're seeing that real old family names in london are thinking well hang on perhaps i'm gonna have a go we haven't seen it for years you know there's a quite a strong feeling that perhaps the time has come this is getting the markets getting worth you know worth buying into again are you seeing that in residential
1: sector i think it's very pocketed in residential and i mean that in terms of location and it's a phrase we use a lot, which people probably hear too much, is that flight to quality. And it's going to that location. In other words, put, to be really blunt about it in Resi, if it's an area or location where people want to live, or buy, whether that's buying or renting, that's where investors go to. It's a to. double whammy. Yeah. Yep. And except to go into to, to areas that are not quite as desirable in, in return for a high yield, in theory, they want becomes, yield, less, they? Well, becomes less appetising.
0: So looking ahead, Richard, just to wrap things up, I mean, you and I agree there's no point sugarcoating it. It's a tough market. Um, We've proved over the last six months, last 12 months, you know, with the right knowledge, the right presentation, we can find these buyers. Uh, From my perspective, I'm no economist is the word, isn't it? But inflation looks set to be here for a while. These rates are going up. The headline before we came in, highest mortgage rates for some time. Again, real estate's got to work, in my view, quite a bit harder than cash. So if you can get Five and a half, six percent on your cash for twelve months. Real estate pricing has shifted. Will it shift any more? I don't know. I think it's quite asset specific, but certainly there's been a shift, and so the market will
1: be trading at a different level. Uh, it will do. And, and going back to that sort of debt point, there is that we certainly saw. When, when a lot of buyers particularly end users or amateur investors they were offered rates three months ago at a certain level which aren't sustainable now being offered now so there was a little bit of urgency from some buyers to buy in that period to take advantage a of, of those time rates to see, back in it, it was a bit ago. similar to that yeah. yeah um but that's as time's gone on that's fading away and interest rates are going up so those buyers might not be around quite so much in terms of what we are seeing in terms of what's popular and what's not and these are generalizations is that in times where there's a bit of uncertainty, people are looking for value add opportunities, and you probably find it as well in yeah. commercial with you know asset managing assets to improve them and that's the same in resi so things where you can increase rents you can add value through planning or building or development or airspace or whatever it might be they become more popular because people can spend their time and add their value during a time that's a little bit unstable and
0: probably don't have to do it immediately yeah, so our, our, our buyers love a bit of long term so i call it the ground rent effect if you actually right, i will get consent for that but i won't do it now so i
1: can like, it adds value to it doesn't it but it's the same in resi exactly that you know can, you know there's a market for everything at the moment but it's challenging can selling selling a site with Consent in place is arguably more challenging than something that hasn't at the moment, because the next step to do it is to start building. Start so building. You've got to take so on the. you got a site without planning that you're going to get planning. You're going to get buyers that expertise is in planning and dealing with that, which takes time. So they could perhaps they will spend their time doing that during a challenging market where prices are volatile and come out the other side in a better market. Yeah. So give it that
0: eighteen months, two yeah. years needed. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's 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 not easy. Um, yeah, there are some good signs. You know employment is holding. It was sort of unemployment's holding just under four percent. That's got to be solid. Um, the, the government hasn't got many tools left. They've got the the sledgehammer of a general election coming up. Uh, and I can't believe they're going to do much. Um, we're just going to hold it together. Uh, And interesting, what we are seeing, that's probably the only driver for sales for us at the moment, is people are worried about the change of tax rates. And so capital gains, everyone is saying that might be on the hit list for Starmer's crowd because we're not going to come in. So people are selling to get ahead of that. But it's, it's hard to see what the government could do. It's just a matter of time to let things settle to a new level. As inflation does come down, which everyone says it will, those rates will follow as well. Things will be a bit easier. I completely agree. I think,
1: you know, We've had auctions, unfortunately, that have landed on the day the Bank of England have increased their rates. That was your last one, wasn't it? (laughs) It, Well, the last (laughs) three or four have been like that. But but I have to say, I mean, people know where it's going anyway. It gets leaked pretty early on. But, But that's really key to our market, even with cash buyers, is when they've got an idea of where it's going to stop the interest rate rises and there can be more clarity on fixed rates for two three five seven years whatever they are and it's probably the same in your sector that's really the problem it's the uncertainty if they know it's going to top out at six or seven or whatever it might be and they know that for sure they can build it into the pricing the debt levels come down because they they're not hedging anymore and that's what we're waiting for in that little period of uncertainty at the moment and that's not helping things once there's a bit more certainty where wherever it ends up i think the market will stabilise much quicker
0: and if anyone out there's got the answer Prop chat at allsop.co.uk would be very welcome because we could share it next time. Any ideas uh, also to, uh, to Richard and I are on our website, george.walker at allsopp.co.uk, richard.adamson at Thank you very much for your time. Um, any suggestions, welcome. And I think that wraps up this edition of the Allsop Prop Chat.